Thanks for joining the Women in Faith podcast. I'm Stephanie Schwartz, the host of Women in Faith, and we're here to help women trust and obey God by knowing and applying His Word. I have with us again today my two great friends, uh, Jennifer Morris and Kate Schell. Uh, Jen, let me begin by asking you, if you had two hours of free time, what would you do with it? Two hours of free time. Well, after my prayer and meditation and Bible study, right? I would, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to just relax and read a book and uh, go for a run, mm. preferably with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Kate? Well, let's see. I would go for a run and read a book. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're friends. <laughs> so funny. Uh, which one would you do first, the run or the book? Definitely the run first for me. I agree. <laughs> and then the book outside in the sun right. with maybe yeah. like right. an iced right. tea. Right. Right. Perfect. All right. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's date. so fun. Well, I love talking about this subject with you, the subject of friendship. We're spending four episodes on this friendship. In the first one, we looked at the importance of friendship. The second one, we looked at how to make godly friends. And in this one, we're going to just briefly talk about unrealistic expectations in friendship. And then in our final one, we're going to talk about how Jesus is our ultimately friend and look at his model of how we can be great friends to one another as well. Um, So unrealistic expectations in friendship. I know as I was thinking about this, I thought about Proverbs 17, 17, the beginning, uh, where it says, a friend loves at all times. Uh, The context of that passage is interesting, but it does remind us that as friends, we're called to love each other at all times, in good times and in bad times as well. Uh, So a true friend is going to be a supportive friend. Um, Also, I think the passage in Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, is always interesting because of these two key women that are named there and how Paul's, you know, entreating them or begging them saying, you know, help these two key ladies to work out their differences to, you know, figure out what's wrong with their relationship and get on the same page. He says, I entreat Euodia and I entreat Synthache to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together, with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. So these were saved women who had worked side by side with Paul in the gospel, and now they're at odds with one another. So we see that the Bible reveals that friendships, since they're relationships, they can be hard. And I'm sure we would all three confess that not one of us has been the perfect friend. Uh, but we know God wants us to get along. If he wants these two women to get along, he wants us to get along as well. So how do we begin by just getting along? How can we put unrealistic demands on our friends or even set our friendships up for failure from the beginning because we're just expecting more than is actually possible? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we can expect our friends to be mind readers. Mm. And that is something that I have seen and really have purposed. Instead of waiting for my friends to come to me and, you know, sitting there sad with like a sour look on my face and expecting them to say something, oh, what's wrong? Right. To 
be more um, open and yeah. proactive in yes. sharing what's going on in my life. And even if a friend isn't pinging me, you know, on my phone to purpose to text and say, hey, will you pray for me? This is going on. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I really, I need some help. I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's great. And um, you guys are both great examples of that. I can say that from experience. <laughs> well, I think too, maybe just challenge, challenging ourselves not to be too needy, not mm-hmm. to be too um, expecting that our friends are going to get right back to us. And mm-hmm. again, as, as you, I, I definitely, I tend to be pushy yeah. in my friendships and maybe it's from a uh, it's from a motivation to help the other. I decide what she needs to hear or she or she needs or or what would be good for her or good for our friendship and and it's gotta happen and I'm not gonna give it up and I get like a dog with a bone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um being able to maybe just not be so pushy about those things mm. and accept, you know, radio silence as an answer. And mm-hmm. <laughs> right, totally. Yeah. And let it go. Yeah, release. no, that's good. <laughs> How do you um, manage through just any feelings of maybe um, bitterness or anger or just hurt when you see your friends doing things with other friends and maybe you weren't invited or you weren't included or you're not a part of that? Right. I think just calling, you know, naming it for what it is. Mm-hmm ridiculous right. jealousy right. and, you know, right. selfishness yes. and clinginess. And, you know, just ask God to show you to reveal it for mm-hmm. what it is yeah. and, and take it to him and you know, let it go. Absolutely. I mean, really purposing to be happy for people when yes. something good mm-hmm. happens to them. Yeah. And, you know, if it's two friends that are going off and having a great trip and you're not part of it, right? Yeah, pray mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. that you would be happy for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, another thing um, is... Considering our marriages, uh, how do you encourage one another to invest in your marriages mm-hmm. as priority and yet at the same time, you know, maintain those good friendships? And maybe we'll talk about this uh, a little bit more in the next one mm-hmm. uh, as we talk about, you know, investing in friendships mm-hmm. and following the model of Christ. But, you know, how can that be hard if you don't give your friend room to, you know, have her priority, in a sense, in her marriage commitment mm-hmm. to her husband. Mm-hmm. I think we do have to be careful. And maybe I might have heard one of our husbands joke before about all the time that we spend together. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, or both of our husbands and about the, you know, level of intimacy there and, you know, what I know that maybe he doesn't know or vice right. versa. <laughs> right. And sometimes, you know, we laugh those things off, but we need mm-hmm. to be listening to, you know, is there yes. something in that that yeah. we need to address? You yeah. know, do we be, need to be more careful mm-hmm. about, about what we're communicating or, yeah. you know, being closer to the friend than the husband or what, whatever the case may be. Right. You know, examining that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I read an interesting statistic that said um, when asked who's your best friend, a woman would normally name another woman Mm -hmm. and a man would name his wife. Wow, that is interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think about that because I know my husband counts me as his best friend. Right. And so I really want to honor that. And I think um, Jen and I purpose to always have our husband be the priority. So if there's mm-hmm. something we have planned and our husband wants to go do something right. that we'll, you know, mm-hmm. organize and rejuggle our schedule mm-hmm. to right. you know, honor that. Yeah. And I've seen both of you do a great job with that. I, I admire your friendship, but I admire your commitments to your marriages as well. And I've seen you both, you know, 
doing whatever you can with your schedule to keep your husbands as priority and at the same time, you know, find those times when you can hang out together. So I think that's important to touch on that just so that we don't put our friends above our husbands and so that we don't push our husbands to the side for the sake of friendship. So and Maybe. don't get balled up if our friends can't spend time with right. us, as yes. we right. said, because we're right. wanting to right. be with our husbands. And in yeah. similar in similar vein, I think a true friend helps us be a better wife. Yes, I know that good both point. of you, I, I watch, I have always and continue to watch you both be excellent wives. And uh, I still I still learn from you, and I feel like you're both better wives than I am, and I, I watch you specifically and how you deal with your marriages that are not perfect, just like mine and none of ours is right. perfect. Um, and I see how you navigate that and I learn from it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we all can learn from one another in that. So that's another added benefit of the friendship is mm-hmm. helping us to become better wives. Mm-hmm. Um, what about uh, when we disagree with one another? And I think we touched on this a little bit in the last episode, but maybe we can bring it up again. Um how have you seen just that principle being effective of addressing someone face-to-face, coming to them right away when you disagree? Why is it better just to say what you're thinking rather than, you know, let it slide or bury it or harbor it or whatever? Mm-hmm. It's like just with any relationships, it's so much better to, if it's an important matter, if it does need to be addressed, if you can't just let it go, to be to state your desires directly or state what's balling you up directly and be try to be clear with your friend and just value the relationship enough to put yourself out there yeah. and be vulnerable and yes. do it. Yeah. Or maybe it's something that you can just let, you know, let it go. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's something you don't need to see eye to eye about. Uh, Kate and I don't quite agree on politics and right. social issues and whatnot. Right. Who really cares? Right. You know. <laughs> it is so We can true. have a good discussion. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, and Absolutely. The, and we don't see eye to eye on right. those things. Yeah. And we're respectful. Yeah, absolutely. Who wants to be like-minded in every single point? Yeah. How yeah, boring would that be true. to have a friend that you know yes. was in lockstep with you on every single item? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. obviously, on biblical principles, we need right. to right. you know adhere to that. But I feel like so much of the tension in female friendships is over the silliest and the mm-hmm. dumbest mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And um, I love the verse in First Peter four eight that says, "Love covers a multitude of sins." Mm-hmm. That's great. And if we were prayerful in you know what we wanted to bring up to our friends and really did a, a search of ourselves too, mm-hmm. looking for the you know log in our own eye, uh, we probably would mm-hmm. not care so much and just get over it. Right. We don't need to agree about the schooling choices for our kids mm-hmm. or different things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of kids, I, I think that's important because a lot of friends go on to have families or have mm-hmm. kids or they have kids right now. And... What do you do when there's problems between the family members? Let's say the kids aren't getting along with one another or, you know, whatever. There's just tension there. Uh, have you seen that before? And what do you think are some great strategies for dealing with that so you can keep your friendships despite maybe, mm-hmm. maybe any differences mm-hmm. between your kids? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the adults have to be adults in yeah. situations like this. And yeah. I remember a dear friend of mine that lived on our street, and we had a lot of kids on our street, so there was a lot of drama about birthday parties and who was getting invited and yes. whose kid was hitting whose kid or biting, who was the bully. That was who, yours. 
That was mine was the biter. <laughs> mine was the total biter. Two biters in my family. Um, and a friend of mine, her mom said, "Don't let your kids get." in the way of your friendship. Mm. And it's so true. When you yeah. purpose to maintain that friendship and realize that kids are going to have issues. Right. You know, and as long as you're kind. Right. And, you know, and as inclusive as you can be, then right. that's really all that matters. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, we, I think we probably all have these fantasies of how our whole families are going to be vacationing together yes. and, you know, holding hands and singing Kumbaya. And, yeah. You know, it, 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 if God works that out, how great, but that's yes. really a God thing, right. isn't it? And we yeah. can't really control that. We can barely, you know, we can, we have responsibility for ourselves. We can't control our, you know, five family members and mm-hmm. all that matching up just perfectly in harmony. Um but we don't compromise, right? right? There, everybody's invited. There's no exclusions. Mm-hmm. If right. someone doesn't show up because oh, they think the other person's weird, well, right. that's too bad for them, right. and they, right. you know, they're missing out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's important. I know um, when my kids were young, I tried really hard to include others continually. And in a sense, you take a risk when you mm-hmm. do that mm-hmm. because um, I know for my kids. Uh, Often the kids that we would invite would end up pairing off with the kids who were their friends and then they would be alone in these, you know, community activities, but just trying to encourage them constantly that it's not about you. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. you are to put your focus on other people. Mm -hmm. We are to Mm -hmm. be, you know, people who include and invite and, you know, are always trying to expand that network of friends. Mm -hmm. So it's hard. I mean, it's easier just to, you know, protect me and mine. You know, we're not going to let anybody else in or whatever, but I think it's important that we do what we can to include others, especially as Christians. Mm-hmm. I have Kate's family has a tradition where after Christmas they have a Swedish smorgasbord with the mm-hmm. leftover, you know, items from Christmas. Mm-hmm. And she's invited our family throughout the years. Anyone and everyone who's willing to willing to come up and different, you know, different combinations of people have come through the years. And we were sitting around her table this year with my whole family, including my parents. Oh, how fun. And my oldest son, 25 yeah. years old, said said to his girlfriend, who was also <laughs> oh, included, yeah. sitting yeah. at the table, yeah, that's you awesome. know, said yeah. in front of the whole table, you know, this is always the best meal that I have every year. Mm. Oh, I love and that. It's like, who knew? Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. Who knew? That's really Leftovers cute. after Christmas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was definitely a God and thing. that was a total special memory, yeah, you know, for that him. is. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. And that's neat how you just continue to invite the expanding and growing family. With right. The, and there yeah. were times, and you know, when he was in high school, he's like, I'm not going up there, you know? Right. You know? And right. then, you know, yes. here he is, 25 years yeah. old. This <laughs> is the best thing ever. Yeah. 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 Isn't that yeah. funny? Yeah, that's super exciting. Yeah, that's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, um, I know I've had times, too, when I've had my feelings hurt or my kids have had their feelings hurt because we have worked really hard to include others and then maybe, you know, the next meal has been prepared or there's been a party or whatever and suddenly they were off the guest list. Mm -hmm. But all the friends that we invited, you know, they became better friends and took off and excluded us or excluded my kids or whatever. And I remember talking to my best friend at the time about that. And, you know, her kids were included on something where my kids were excluded and we had been the ones who originally networked the whole crew. And 
she was really gracious and just said, you know what, if your kids can't go, then mine aren't going either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, after she said that, I was like, oh no, have mm-hmm. them go. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there was just something reassuring, you know, some, just, it felt good to have her say that to me, kind of that I've got your back right. thing. The right. support of right. a friend. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. She understood how that affected you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the kids as well, you know, as they're mm-hmm. all crying around the kitchen right. table. There's right. an injustice yeah. in that, right. that, you know, <laughs> right. is, yeah. is exists in the world, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. Right. That sensitivity. Yes. So I do appreciate the fact that, you know, friends mm-hmm. stick up for one another mm-hmm. and have one another's backs mm-hmm. and, you know, are just there and are not going to keep walking when they see their friend hurting or right. whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, what about um, when you run across somebody who decides they don't want to be your friend anymore? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you keep from being bitter or angry or resentful, you know, when maybe there's someone that you did invest in and it turns out that they're not interested the way that you were? I mean, there are those times when people shut you down and just say, I'm not interested in that friendship. How do mm-hmm. you keep from becoming bitter in a way that we know that Christ doesn't call us to have that bitterness or mm-hmm. that anger? Yeah, that is tough because you can stay in that place of mm-hmm. bitterness for a very long time and it can fester, particularly with social media where yes. you can you know, relive those moments or see future moments now that you're not part of. I mean, certainly you want to shut down that social media connection. That's yeah. not a healthy thing. Right. But uh, I think when you really examine forgiveness, I think sometimes we think we're doing it for the other person, that we're letting the other person off the hook by forgiving them. And yet really forgiveness is about releasing ourselves from that bitterness, you know? And so I think there's a saying I love by um, Max Lucado that says, forgiveness is unlocking the door to set someone free and realizing you were the prisoner. Mm. So we can stay in that prison of unforgiveness thinking the other person never asked, they don't deserve it, they're Mm -hmm. terrible, when in reality we're locked in that prison ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's good that you point out too that it's okay to, you know, mute them on social media because if you know that it's going to hurt your feelings or whatever, why would you, you know, purposely just be staring at something all day that's going to hurt you or, you know, cause you to feel upset? Um, any other practical tips that you might have about, you know, how to move forward with that? You run across them in the grocery store or whatever. Maybe you even run across them at church. How do you keep that from ruining your day when you know you've been rejected, so to speak? It's probably like all the different rejections of life. It's like trust God that he do do what you can do, do what your, you know, as far as it depends on us, live at peace with all people and try to continue to pray for that person. And Mm -hmm. uh, maybe God's going to heal the relationship moving forward. Maybe he's not. Right. Uh, You know, maybe it's something, maybe it's something of the past. I think maybe more often, um, in my experience, people maybe aren't interested in the same level of friendship that I'm interested in. You can't. Right. I've tried to force people to 
set up a dinner date. You right, know? right, yes. <laughs> you yeah. can't force people right. to, you know, you will put me on, on your calendar. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this happen. Yeah. Um, maybe I felt God was moving me that direction, but, you know, he forgot to mention it to them. And right. That, you know, that's, uh, yeah. I have to be able to let that go and accept a different yeah. level of friendship. Right. Um, on maybe it's going to be friendship on their terms. Right. Not on my terms. Yeah. Even though I thought I knew what yes. was best for the friendship to look like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking. Yes. Yeah. I know. Absolutely. I, yeah. I agree with you. I think that, you know, I mean, that's basically going to be true for just life in general mm-hmm, is just true. learning to trust God mm-hmm. and just trusting in the sovereignty of God mm-hmm, that, you know, mm-hmm. if this was a good thing, then Mm -hmm. he would allow it to prosper Mm -hmm. or to move forward. And if God shuts it down, I mean, I've had friends that have told me that they no longer want anything to do with me. And, you know, it hurts your feelings. I know I don't like to be unliked. The first thing I want to do is grovel, you know, for whatever can I do, you know, to mend this or make this right. But, you know, when they shut it down, it's just realizing, okay, uh, this has got to be from God. You know, there's got to be a reason that he's shutting this down. He knows exactly what he's doing. It doesn't mean that one party's better than the other or whatever. It just means that God's saying, you know, be good with this. Be good with this not moving forward. And do you trust me in this? And can you trust me to the point of not being bitter about it? And I know Mm -hmm. I've even Mm -hmm. had times praying for those friends like, God, you know, just don't prosper them or, you know, like you're... Rain uh, down fire exactly. (laughs) Rain down fire. And every time it's like, really, you know, are you ready to pray the same thing for yourself, you know, in the things that you've done? And it's like, uh, well, no, not necessarily. Maybe don't rain down fire. Yeah, right. Might be something that's working in us through that hard thing. And sometimes it's something that we can't control. I remember I had a friend who said very clearly, we will no longer be friends because you have kids and I don't, and I can't be around you. And that's the end of it. Don't ever talk to me again, basically. And that's not something you can do anything about. Uh, You have to learn to navigate that in a way that pleases God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm thinking of that uh, verse in um, Ecclesiastes um, where it talks about, you know, don't, yeah, it's uh, Ecclesiastes 721 where it says, don't take to heart all the things that people Mm -hmm, say, mm -hmm. lest you hear your servant cursing you. And then it says, your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like, you know, remembering that you've probably done the same thing to somebody else along the line. Sure. Right. So, you know, it always feels bad when you're the recipient of the rejection, but, Mm -hmm. you know, we've all had our share of rejecting others and Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. part of life. But we call it distance or different priorities or something that sounds a lot better. We give ourselves a lot of forgiveness. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, we are actually out of time. So we are going to continue this one last time as we look at, you know, Jesus being our ultimate friend, uh, why we need to turn to him, you know, first above everything for friendship and how we can follow his example and be a great friend as well. I think um, our summary statement for this would just be that we need to, you know, be proactive and extend grace to one another and, you know, trust God, just trust in God and his sovereignty. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe, share, like, comment. 
email wf at compasschurch.org with your topic suggestions and questions. I actually got my first topic suggestion last week, so I was excited. Um, And we look forward to meeting with you next time as we continue to talk one last time about friendship.